Hello, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Ah, uh, Dell Shores. It's been so long. It's been a whole week. There's so much to discuss. I know it. I actually got messages. People were like, where are you? What happened? I'm waiting. And I'm like, I know. I can't People watch. I can't. I just cannot do it alone. People watch our little show, and I'm so glad. It would just be the Dell and show. The Dell show. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so I had a delightful time away, y'all. I left the phone off for the most part, ignoring the things that happened in the world. But then I came back, and there was all this nonsense going on. It's like, I forget, stuff happens so fast every day that you skip two or three days. And it's like, you know, in 1997, that would have been six months worth of news. No, it was bam, 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 bam. Just- I was sore. I, no telling, I mean, I went out for two hours right now. Uh, Newell and Rosemary got a precious new dog named Boz and I had to go see him. I'm like, you know, the gunkle. And yeah. uh, took him some treats and shit. And uh, who knows what happened while I was gone? I didn't get to turn on CNN. I, who knows? It is true. I, we've reached the point where now all I'm doing is staring at like my hair that hasn't been cut since March. I'm just watching it grow. You know I can cut hair, Emerson. I know that, and yet. <laughs> You're not alone. Blake said the same thing, and I was like, mm, no. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to grow. I'm almost back to that old mullet wig I had for the people's couch. Um, well, you and you might get a reaction on that. You know, you People always have about strong, that strong thoughts. <laughs> People gave lots of backhanded compliments when I cut it off, when I shaved it for a very sort of wedding. Oh, you look so much better. That's not a compliment. All you just said was that I, you thought I looked like crap for three and a half years. Just say, I love your haircut. I know it's it's sort of like when you break up with somebody, they tell you how they hated your ex. And then like they didn't tell you for years and years. And then whoo, then you and then all just a fountain diarrhea of the mouth of all the things they weren't saying to your face, but were definitely saying behind your back. It's like okay. Katie bar the door. I wonder who Katie was that she had to bar the door. I wonder where that expression came from. That's like, I always wonder about that first Richard who was an asshole and somebody said he's a dick and Dick became the nickname for Richard because that does not go. No, no. There was one Richard that was just awful. They were like, he's a dick. Yes. And uh, well, <laughs> hi everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we did have a day off and there's lots to discuss. Um, whether you're watching on Facebook or Twitter on Periscope or YouTube, send us your comments, say hello, tell us where you're from, share the broadcast uh, as we get on into the LGBTQ news. I will say I noticed several nonsense things I wanted to bring up real quick. Did you see David Plain doing his like up the movie, riding the helium balloons up into the sky? Yeah, I just, I, I you know, it, it reminded me of something that should have been in the new Mary Poppins. Uh, or was it? <laughs> yes. I mean, all I could think was that Up movie where Ed Harris, right, wasn't it? The, who, whoever played uh, the old guy in his house floated away. I was like, first of all, you're bonkers. And second of all, I get it. I get it. At this point, I'd be like, sure, let's try it. Yeah, but it was cute. I did watch a little bit of the of his conversation with his daughter because he did a lot of things 
that scared her and he wanted to do something that made her happy. And I thought that was very cute. It is. I mean, it would it could have ended real badly. He didn't put on his parachute till halfway up. Yeah, if they had all started popping, that would have been, um, <laughs> you know. I'm like, sorry, if you rode 52 helium balloons into the sky and a couple of them popped and you fell and splat, that's a Darwin Award. We get to laugh at you. But, but what, okay, so what if one of those gun nuts was just standing there waiting and just, just shooting out the gun that, you know, the balloons. That yeah. you, you never know. You never I bet know. they were real fancy balloons. They weren't just like the kind for the birthday party, like Taylor Armstrong on Beverly Hills having a child's birthday party. They say, yeah, uh, it seemed a very, very well thought out, if you will. Yes. Um, and can we talk about the thing that's made me the craziest this week? Yes. Nancy Pelosi's trip to the hair salon. What did you think? I'm angry at everybody. Everybody. I'm angry at that obviously Republican hair salon owner who definitely knew about the appointment a day in advance, said yes, waited for her to have the mask off as she walked back to the seat and took the freeze frame. I'm mad at the hairstylist for letting her come in when he knew San Francisco couldn't even do outside hair appointments till the next day. And I'm mad at Nancy Pelosi for oh, saying, oh, 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 uh, my staff and oh, I, uh, this, the hair salon. No, we have to own. We cannot be hypocrites. No, no. Say I fucked up. Nancy yes. Pelosi, say I fucked up. Because it makes, and the Democrats defending her saying, oh, uh, yeah, we're all worried about her hair salon while the administration's doing this. No, we cannot use that they are so much worse as excuse for our mistakes. She's a representative. She had to know what the policies were. And if you violate them and got caught, you got to say, you know what? I was only in town for the one day. He said he was going to be the only person there. And you're right. I shouldn't have done it. Amen. We can't excuse our bad behavior because their behavior is worse. Yes. I'm, that's the way I'm going to start with. We could just start with each other's sermons now. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. I was, and I was, I was mad. I was like, because here's the thing. When we defend little hypocrisies, it gives them ammunition to ignore our big issues. You know, we have to be consistent. No, it's not as bad as all the things he's done. But if it were a Republican that got caught, do it. If Matt Gates had been caught without a mask going into a salon in Florida and it was shut down there, you bet we would have set the internet oh, on fire. And we did. I mean, what did we say about that mask hole Ted Cruz when he, he was on the plane? We said and Jared so Kushner on that plane in Israel the other day. You know, we have to hold ourselves to the same standards that we would hold them to. No, it's not the end of the world. But yes, she was clearly using her privilege to be like, I'm on TV a lot. I'm only in town for the one day. Can you do my roots if there's no one there? Thought it was going to slip by. And it didn't. You got to say, I'm wrong. Yeah, she should have said, I'm wrong. Instead, she made all those bullshit excuses. Anyway, let's... Ben said, Nancy should have known better, but she took the blame kind of. She did, but definitely tried to pass the buck to like, the the hair salon that wanted to wanted to catch her. I like, yes. She didn't use this word, but I think what she basically said was, "I was hoodwinked." Yes, I was hoodwinked. Yes. So, um, Robert, wait just a damn minute. If Nancy should stand up and own what she did, so should Trump. Absolutely, and we're always calling Trump to be accountable for his actions. So we also have to hold ourselves accountable at the same time. And it's just not and, and with all due respect, Robert, it's not, wait a second. 
I, I'm with Emerson on this. It's not, wait a second, it's no, it's separate. We, we separate that. Trump is an asshole. Trump will continue to do one thing after another that is absolutely wrong. And we're gonna say something about it. I mean, he made fun of Joe Biden thinking that he could do stand up, you know, with that bullshit routine about Joe Biden's mask. I mean, really, like he got five laughs and he thought, oh, oh, I'm a, you know, now I'm a comedian. But yeah. we, we we get mad at him. So no, it's not if, 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 it's Nancy Pelosi fucked up. It's just this way, right? If, if, the, if my neighbor murders somebody and I stole $3 from a bake sale, it doesn't make my bake sale stealing acceptable just because they hadn't been convicted for that murder. And I love Nancy Pelosi. Do not absolutely. I am obsessed with her, but she messed up. So I'm hoping, you know, it was it was it was a transgression. You know what? I did it the other day too. If I had been, you know, more than a minor gay celebrity, I walked out of my house to 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 hide, and I just totally realized as I'm about a block away when I'm seeing somebody that I'm not masked, and I'm such you know I'm so vocal about the mask. I literally put my T-shirt over my, my mouth, went home, grabbed a mask. I messed up. Sometimes I think you said that you went out and you had to go back home. You know, it, it happens. Yes. But, uh, Robert, of course we love you. And the point is, no, it's not the biggest thing in the whole world. It's simply accountability. Oh, I love you too, Robert Christian. Come on. Um, love, you. love you. Love you. And I mean it. In other fun news, do you still watch Dancing with the Stars? I do not. They lost well, me with that goddamn Bristol Palin. After Gr Bristol Palin, I said, I am not watching it anymore. I got tired. I, I mean, I watched it for half a second. You know what? Here's the deal with Dancing with the Stars, and I'll, I'll let you get on with the story. But I just like it when there's an amputee. When there is an amputee on, I'm I'm there to root for the amputee. But if there is not an amputee on, if there's not some, I just always wanted the possibility of a leg flying across the floor. So, so you hadn't watched since Heather Mills. Is that, what you were well, well, that, no, there was that other one. There was that other guy that oh. uh, came in second or something that had like an artificial leg or, uh, you know, he was, I don't, I don't know. know. You you got to get there on well, your own. Go somebody help me out. Google it. There was somebody else that was an amputee on that show. There were two well, of them. Well, anyway, there's a couple of in people that make me interested enough to watch their dances when they end up on YouTube. Because there's the usual sports people, some Disney Channel stars, whatever. But Coach Monica from Netflix's Cheer is very exciting to me personally. Um, Jeannie Mai from The Real. And, and I just worked with Jeannie uh, on, on that little secret project I worked with. I worked with two of them. I worked with Johnny Weir and Jeannie. So I mean, Johnny I, Weir, I don't know how he doesn't win. I mean, that's that's almost unfair that Johnny Weir. Is, I mean, they've had so many dancers and pop stars. and But Carol Anton Ono was a murderer. A possible, an alleged murderess is on the show. Carol Baskin, if she does not do her first dance to Eye of the Tiger, why did they bother? Okay, you cannot say that while I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm um, sit on my computer. <laughs> I mean, because she's not going to last. So they got to get that number out early. Yeah, and, and then I do like uh, Nev Shulman. I, I, I do like the Catfish show. So the Catfish I, man. Yeah, I'm, he, I always think he's kind of a hot nerd, you know, kind of. Uh, 
Don't you I think, think it'd be great if it wasn't him. What about if they, if they said Nev, Wait, if they said Nev Schulman, but somebody else was out there dancing like it was a catfish. Oh, oh, that's good. Emerson, I that just went over. Yeah. And Julie Nelly, just said, yes. 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 We said it at the same time. What was her name? Julie? Julie? I don't know. You can read it right over there. It went away. Can You can see those comments. It really messes up my system, Emerson. <laughs> <laughs> um, But so it's a more interesting cast than it has been for a while. Uh, to me personally, I'm not actually going to watch, but I'm curious to see how they do. Well, I'm, I'm, I guess if I have to say, I'm, I'm rooting for Jeannie and Johnny. Jeannie and Johnny, that's who I'm rooting for. Johnny all the way. I was a little homosexual back in when Paul Wiley and Christy Yamaguchi were at the Olympics doing, trying to do little flips off the back of my sofa. You know, he's a, he <laughs> is a ridiculous, obsessed Sorted Lives fan. I yeah. mean, he, uh, I have, I actually have his phone number. I might just text him right now while we're on here. Hey, we'll all be rooting for you. Danielle, this is hilarious. Carol Baskin should dance to Hear Kitty Kitty by Joe Exotic, one of his YouTube songs. She absolutely should. That would yes. be uh, amazing. Yes, she just got all his money. Yep. And all his and, Well, And that part got closed down, so it's all over. Um. All right, well... Those are some fun things. What we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. Uh, so we'll get on to some quick stories. Um, a, an exciting piece of a long journey. A second federal judge has issued an injunction blocking the Trump administration's efforts to roll back the Affordable Care Act's protections against anti-LGBTQ discrimination. A D.C. District Court judge granted preliminary injunction to block two key portions of the new rule, one of them narrowing the definition of sex discrimination and the other granted a broad exemption for healthcare providers to deny services by citing the provider's religious beliefs. So this is just a step. Um, both of these cases that we've talked about in the last few weeks still need to go through full hearings in the courts, but at least for the time being, the judges are saying uh, that this is not in the best interest of the public. Hopefully that bodes well for the eventual decisions on these cases as being bullshit bigotry against our community and particularly trans people in healthcare. All right. And then we've got um, my very favorite- Your new favorite nemesis. In the whole world. I tweeted him some hate today. Uh, Richard uh, Grinnell's new job is with a law firm founded by Pat Robertson that has a history of opposing LGBTQ rights Grinnell will be a special advisor uh, for national security and foreign policy at the American Center for Law and Justice. Uh, yeah. Robertson founded the ACLJ in, 19, no, <laughs> in 1990 to counter the work of the American Civil Liberties Union and other liberal-leaning legal nonprofits. They spent years fighting marriage equality and helped draft the Defense of Marriage Act. If I'm not mistaken, Grinnell was blasting Biden for supporting the Defense of Marriage Act just recently, and now he's working for the company that helped draft it. Yeah. Fuck you. Then today, during a briefing on the deal to normalize economic relations between Serbia and uh, Kosovo. A Kosovo. Say it again. Kosovo. Kosovo. A reporter Part of former Yugoslavia. Yes, a reporter asked Grinnell about Trump's 
uh, initiative to decriminalize homosexuality. And he got snippy saying, y'all can pull this up. He goes, I'm just going to talk about Kosovo and Serbia. I don't know if you could find it on a map, but this is atrocious. I have to tell you guys, you might be too young to understand what this issue is about. Maybe the older journalists should step up and say, this is a big deal. This is a big issue. I am astounded at what happens in Washington, D.C., and especially in this room. Maybe it's too complicated of an issue for you. We're getting the same questions that are all politics. You guys don't understand what's happening outside of Washington, D.C. People aren't listening to you anymore. It's a crisis in journalism. Uh, the thing is, the agreement includes a requirement that both parties will work with the 69 countries that criminalize homosexuality to push for de decriminalization. So it was a relevant question. It was the craziest thing to watch. What's like, that? I mean, is a homosexual only wants to talk foreign policy, but every time he talks about how Trump is the most pro-gay president ever because he was for marriage equality on day one. And this initiative, that's one of the things he uses, right? Trump said, we're gonna push for decriminalization. Trump did say it at the EU or UN. Uh, and they asked about it specifically today. And then he went off on this, the press is terrible. And it's specifically relevant to the agreement these two entities were signing today. Yes, but he, he wasn't listening carefully, Emerson. We talked about this before the show. I really feel like that he was waiting to blast the journalist because he knew he would trend. All the right assholes just started descending on Twitter, replaying and replaying and retweeting this bullshit comment, not realizing just what you said. Well, and we keep talking about him, y'all, because I am petrified that this man is setting himself up to run for governor of California or senator of California and president someday down the road that he spends all his time trolling on Twitter. Like, look at this soundbite I got. And, you know, so do the rest of us. But he's trying to, you know, be involved in policy. So I want us to all really know who he is. So when they start going, look, we don't hate gay people. We've got a gay Republican nominee for something. We can say it doesn't matter because he's terrible. He's terrible. And he always, he, in his profile on Twitter, he says, follower of Christ. So I want you all, if you troll him like I do, do always put fake follower of Christ, Richard Grinnell. Um, anyway. Um, also, yes. the, I, I love that gaslight Grinnell that Alfonso uh, from yeah. HRC said, uh, continuing that. Gaslight Grinnell. We should, uh, we should, uh, play the Dixie Chicks, I mean, not the Dixie yeah. Chicks, the Chicks. The Chicks, uh, new Gaslighter, yes, about Richard Uh We can refer to him as Dick as well, I feel like. We can go with the info. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a perfect example of, uh, I'm not, maybe I'll, I'll just do that. I'll just put, uh, you look like a dick to me. I'll just play that all over. Y'all, help me troll him. Go on his Twitter and just start putting, uh, you go to YouTube and find uh, the uncut version of you look like a dick to me and let's just put it all over every single comment that he has. There you go. Y'all do that. Y'all have fun. Grown up. I am a grown up man. That's what I like. Um, all right. In serious news, uh, obviously we've all been following uh, the story of Jacob Blake who was shot in the back seven times uh, by police officers and is currently still paralyzed from the waist down. Uh, over the weekend, 
His cousin, Elliot Chaffetz, uh, and his mother spoke out against police brutality at a rally in Seattle. As he spoke, he introduced himself as a trans male living in the world today, and he was immediately attacked on the local Facebook live stream with a bunch of transphobic bigotry. In his speech, Elliot delivered a nonviolent message saying, fear makes us do scary things. It's because of the fear that those policemen feel that they responded with violence. We cannot let that be us. And he spoke on a Facebook Live interview afterwards in response to the bigotry saying, my instinct when I saw these comments was not doubt for myself, but doubt for the nation, because I really don't know how I'm gonna educate these people. I know for a fact that these people are going to keep saying what they're gonna say, but they're on the wrong side of history. We have a message that we're going to spread regardless of the hate that we're going to get. We know that they're gonna spread hate and personally, you can think whatever you like about me, don't talk about my cousin. And I thought it was really impressive because you know, it's back like, like Dr. Levine, we've talked about so many trans people just existing in the world and doing things in the world encounter so many, even exponentially more bigotry than we all have faced. It's such a different kind of thing. You know, it's a smaller part of the population. It's a newer thing for so many people. And here Elliot is just wanting to talk about what happened to his cousin and this issue and having to deal with that at the same time as speaking out. So huge applause to him for maturely handling that. Yes, and, and, and speaking out, I, I also was so impressed with, um, with uh, uh, Jacob's sister, she she was she really gave such a beautiful speech that touched my heart. So, anyway, we'll continue to follow that story. I'm sure. Um, well, this is our uh, more bigotry news. Um, this is in our home state, Emerson. Uh, Devin Bryant, 17, has attended the Covenant Christian Academy in Dallas since he was in kindergarten. Last year, he came out on Instagram. He explained that his teachers said they supported him. They were proud of him for making the decision to come out. People in the admin administration knew. So over the summer, he submitted a design for a parking spot, a tradition at the school. He said his design was meant to be funny. And it said, super hot, fun, attractive, fast driving, insane, very smart, outgoing, party freak, young, gay, as in happy, don't worry, LOL, pretty, reckless, humble, pyromaniac, fun, gay, as in homosexual this time, sorry, person parking okay, only. I mean, person parking only. When his mother went to the school to pay for the parking spot, she was told that design was rejected because it used the word gay. Two days later, he was expelled from the school. And his mother, Consolata, got a call from the new headmaster, Tony Jeffrey, Y'all, get your pencils out. I've got some uh, some numbers and some emails for this asshole telling her that Devin won't be allowed to attend the school for his senior year because he's gay. The Dallas Voice reports she tried to reason with the headmaster asking, are you a Christian? Jesus would not do what you are doing. His response, I'm doing what Jesus would want me to do. Uh, two weeks later, Jeffrey sent a letter explaining why he expelled the straight-A student, citing the school's doctrinal statement and saying that the school's belief that the expression of human sexuality is appropriate only within the boundaries of a marital relationship between one man and one woman. Uh, Devin and Consolata believed that the school wanted to make an example of him. Uh, Devin said, if another queer comes out, I'm scared for them. They don't talk about it in any way that gives LGBTQ kids any hope in their relationship with Christ. 
Uh, Devin is now attending a public school for his senior year, and he hopes to do well on his AP exams. He says, I don't have any hate or I don't hold a grudge. I know I'll end up fine. And I believe he will. I mean, he's so art articulate here in these, these quotes, and, and I love his compassion and his empathy for other queer students. But if you want to write Tony Jeffries, uh, just uh, go to uh, Tony.Jeffrey, it's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, at Covenant, C-O-V-E-N-E-N-T, -E -E Christian.net. And the phone number there at the school is 817-281-4833. It's just so heartbreaking and so interesting, too, that it seemed like the community responded well and this new headmaster doing that are sincerely held religious beliefs. Well, their doctrine or whatever is about premarital sex. It's not like he was having sex. Uh, the Starshine, yes, you can always screen record whatever you want out of the show. Um so it's not like he was talking about sex or having sex, which definitely feels like it's for, uh, to make an example of him. Like, well, and also yeah. it's not very Christ-like, even if you believe it's wrong, you're supposed to bring people in and help sure. them. That's the thing, and to say that this is what Christ would want me to do. First of all, just go to Matthew 7 and read the whole chapter because it applies to you, Tony Jeffrey. I know you're watching the show. It's, you know, first of all, it says judge not. And then it says that there are many who are actually not Christians. They're, you know, they're not sheep. They're ferocious wolves. And that's what he is. And here's, it's also for me, it, I started thinking about how hard it would be during my senior year of high school when you're looking forward to so much. I mean, here we already have this pandemic that is really altering senior years for so many students. And then you get this. So good for him for having a good attitude and we wish him so well. It's like 20 years in a community and then some new guy's like, no, get out. He's kinder than I would be in the situation. Yeah, I, and, I would not be kind. You know, I, the low road for me is so much more scenic. And, and, and people are taking your lead, Del Shores. Y'all take that low road and have so much fun. <laughs> the... um. And speaking of being unkind, I wanted to share this story. You know, for those of you who watched uh, Drag Race this past season, of course you will know uh, iconic queen Widow Von Du, who probably in her most memorable moment showed up in this Black Power uh, outfit on the same runway that Jackie Cox was in her uh, hijab with the American flag. It was such an important image and issue. Uh, well, Widow shared a very disheartening a series of thoughts on Twitter this weekend, tweeting, thank you to the fandom of Drag Race. You did it. You ran another person of color away from what they love. I try to be strong, but y'all done made me feel like I should hate myself. And guess what? You won. You make me feel like I should have just stayed a Kansas City queen. I hate doing this so much. I don't want to do this anymore. Now, obviously, lots of queens and alumni and fans, you know, uh, rallied in support behind that thought. And a day later, she did tweet, I want to thank everyone who's reached out, called and checked up on me. I can feel the love and it's giving me hope that things will be better. The love I'm feeling from my sisters here, from across the pond and from the north is reminding me that I'm not alone. Thank you. But it's worth really talking about who gets trolled, why they get trolled. You know, lots of the black queens and the queens of color from Drag Race have talked about it. Mayhem Miller's account is private. The Vixen has talked about it. 
continuously, even Shay, uh, before winning this All-Star season, how the fan base is particularly vicious with black queens and queens of color. Now, certainly all queens get hate, but it's worth noting in our community, in our fan bases, in our shows, when it's not just terrible people on the internet, because there are terrible people in every fan base of every reality show, people in general are shockingly terrible on the internet. But it's worth really examining why it's so much more specifically racist when the black queens feel it's so much worse uh, than the other queens. Yeah, I love her. I just love her. I was just so sad that she's feeling so much hate. I really could. I will never understand the impulse to tell someone you don't know what you think of them. Like somebody from a reality show that you don't like, like people who go out of their way to find a real housewife, a survivor contestant, somebody from Big Brother, to tell them why they hate them. That is so fucking weird to me. Richard Grinnell? No. I mean, it's why I don't do it. It's why, like, it's if I'm responding to something somebody says, but I'm talking about the people who would, like, go to find a housewife and say, you did, like, people will say the most terrible things to someone from a TV. Like, you need to breathe. Go outside in your mask and walk around the block. It's so weird. If you would not scream it in someone's face in person, why is it okay to say it to them in a DM, in a tweet, on the internet? You're different. You would say this stuff to someone's face. You don't say anything online. You would not say anything. I've waited. I mean, I got blocked by Jax Taylor on 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 from Vanderpump Rules. I mean, I just wrote him and basically said, "How can you look at the show and not know that you're a douchebag?" I mean, you know, you watch them, and uh, and of course, those Bravo promotes bad behavior. I mean, on the show. So I think that that I think that 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 creates bad behavior as a response. That's, that's yeah. right. I, I mean, just don't get it. I just don't get like enjoying the TV show and then feeling the need to engage with the real person. I just don't, I don't get people that treat them, that it's, that don't just treat it like soap operas. Like it's like too invested. Well, because they engage as well. They yeah. engage with each other on Twitter. And I mean, you know, some of the biggest drama, like if you're watching uh, you know, the reunion of uh, Beverly Hills, uh, the Housewives, you know, of Beverly Hills, which is the only one I watch anymore. Uh, Some of their biggest fights is over what you said on Twitter about me. Yeah. Um, So anyway, well, let's speak. uh, Ken said the hate is so bad online and people who go out of their way to troll shows, they don't even like baffle me. What's the point? I agree. It's just weird. Like text it to your friends. Like, it's just odd. And also, they're all putting on a show. They're making television. Like, that's literally their job. Well, you know, if they sat around and they were nice and behaved well, you'd be like, this show is boring and should be canceled. So, like, everybody wants their cake and eat it, too. Well, anyway. speaking um, of... Oh, wait, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go, go. Sorry. Um, and we've reached the halfway point of the show. Obviously, we do this to have fun and to commune with you guys. Um, if you enjoy it and the effort, we go into trying to entertain you as well. Um, And yes, we welcome your comments here. We are asking for them actively. Uh, But if you're sitting around and you've contributed to every Senate campaign you can think of, to the Biden campaign, to every organization doing good work in the world, and you've still got money left and want to send a dollar ten or a thousand our way, you can send us a tip on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal 
to beardcolontoursproductions at gmail.com. Thank you to Michael, Shane, and Erica, who already have even before we got to our little commercial. I got a tip from Erica before the show started. I said, what if it's horrible, Erica? And uh, It's a vote of confidence. That she, she made me want to do a good show. Thank you, Erica. Thank you. I love Erica. She's the sweetest. Um, all right. Well, but, you know, the transition doesn't work quite as well out of the commercial. But speaking of Bravo, Andy Cohen decided to poke his bestie Anderson Cooper. Uh, he shared two photos of Anderson shirtless on Instagram. And I have to say, I enjoyed them very, very much. Uh, Anderson's looking good. He said, if it were a normal year, I'd be on vacation with my pal, threatening to post shirtless pics of him. Well, it's 2020 and I'm sitting on my deck, so I figured I'd just post without asking and pissed him off. Hashtag Silver Fox. There he is. There's the Silver Fox. Oh, I mean, uh, I am so grateful. Yes, I am so too. Grateful. I am too. There's two things I am grateful. I feel like, for one thing, I'm grateful just because it's beautiful. Uh, secondly, I am grateful that I don't feel the need to get a tan. Um, so he followed up on, later on Instagram uh, story after hearing from Anderson saying, Anderson is so pissed off, you guys. But listen, I'm just sitting here bored under a blanket. I'm just sitting here under a blanket. There's no one here. There's no one there. All that's here is Ben's little drum set. Ben is sleeping and I'm bored. So what else am I supposed to do? Maybe I'll do an Instagram live later. I don't know. I got Ben and the Housewives cuts to watch. That's what I'm. That's what's happening here. Maybe I'll just post more shirtless pics of Anderson. Please do. We please do. I love that it irritates Anderson. I love that he did it. I love that funny combative thing between Anderson, the serious journalist, you know, who wants to keep that reputation. But also, you there has to be a little part of Anderson that's a little grateful that they, they can be out there because he obviously works hard on it, but he didn't have to post it himself. Right. So he can say, don't do that. Please don't. Don't stop. Or maybe there was the discussion, I'm going to post it. Oh, please do. But I'm going to pretend to be mad. I mean, you never know. I feel like that's less likely, but I enjoy imagining the text thread. Zana sent a little money to Amy McGrath to beat Mitch. Zana, I would much That's rather true. you give your money to Amy than to us. Yes, and and someone today on Twitter, which I love, Todd. I, I hope you're watching, Todd, because I'm talking about you. He said I sent uh, a, a, a I sent a dollar to uh, Jamie Harrison uh, to defeat uh, Lindsey Graham, and he said, and, and I'm a janitor and I make. $10 an hour, but that's how important it is to me. Um, all right, up next. This is particularly fun for me personally. I'll explain why. Focus on the family. The evangelical Christian anti-LGBTQ hate group has railed against coronavirus prevention measures to followers, but now the bookstore on their main campus has become a COVID outbreak site. Three infections have been confirmed and another is suspected. Now, Focus on the Family declared itself a church in 2018 to avoid IRS requirements to file public tax documents and make it harder to audit them. They don't have a congregation. They are actively involved in politics, and the group's leadership have been vocally supportive of Trump's policies, including his flippant attitude about the dangers of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, I don't want to wish ill on anybody. I hope whoever has it recovers well, understands the stupidity of not following the measures, and is health safe and smart going forward. But years ago, 
I attended a sexual healing conference presented by Focus on the Family as a part of my like almost pray the gay away journey. How'd that work out for you? Obviously not well. Um, it was primarily for pastors. And a woman got up and told a story, I swear to God. And at the time, I was just mortified at the story. And now I look back and think, how was everyone in the new room not in hysterical laughter about how she gave her husband oral gratification to completion and then her mouth froze in the shape of an O. And the implication was that that is not the appropriate receptacle because the intended design is for the creation of life. They basically said, you can't blow your husband. It's supposed to go in your vagina. And that's why your mouth froze that way, because you weren't serving the Lord's plan for sexuality the best way. I have so many thoughts and questions. I mean, first of all, the fact that she shared this, just that this is what you share as, oh, as remember, a testimony for the Lord about our, don't you remember evangelicals more than anybody else love a salacious testimony for the sake of describing where I am now. You know, the deeper the sin, the darker the journey, the more great the accomplishment of the current victory in the Lord. And so like the deeper your journey, the better your testimony. Sometimes it feels like a competition, you know, of like whose was worse. Well, I was doing meth with a heroin needle in my arm as I gave a toothless blow job, you know. And I now, look at me now. I, I've given a lot of blow jobs, I will have to admit, in my life. And and I have, I've had, you know, a couple of times when, it was large. Uh, there's a little, you know, like, ow. But never did it freeze. It never froze. How long did it freeze for her, did she say? I, she did not give a timeline. Um, uh, but also, wait, let's be real honest for a minute. That thing where you're at it for a long time and then you finish and there's a little indentation of your teeth inside your top lip. You know, like right there where you can feel where your teeth were. No, just me. Just you, Emerson. I don't. You gotta cover those teeth. You can't risk the scraping. Somebody, oh. some, please, some lady or homosexual in the chat room, tell me you know what I'm talking about when you are just working hard for it, and then you finish and you're like, oh, I can feel the indentation of my teeth in my upper lip. It's been tell so. Me I'm not alone. It's just been so long. It would be a distant memory for me. A distant memory. Yeah, this COVID has not allowed me to participate or partake in any of that. Your um, mouth doesn't form a circle. You ain't trying. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I love this story because um, I did my show that that I was hoping to do a lot more of um, called The Shitster. Uh, the last time I did it was at the Oasis in San Francisco. And uh, I love that club. And they have found a unique way to serve their community and put on shows in the lockdown in hopes of surviving the pandemic. Uh, they created Meals on Heels, uh, a service delivering homemade meals to patrons' door offered by o Ace's rotation of drag performers. Uh, owner uh, Darcy uh, uh, Drollinger initially produced the service as a one-night event, but it has continued on every Friday since. And they are now expanding to Thursdays. It's been so successful. So Ace's works with Martha Avenue Home Cooked Meals, 
Many of their menu options are sealed in a mason jar and come with serving instructions so they can prepare uh, or then you can prepare it or, or cook it later on. A minimum of $50 ensures a show with your delivery and tipping of course is encouraged. Martha uh, Avenue is also experiencing its best business period working with Oasis. So I'm just so happy for both of those, um, those uh, uh, venues. Uh, the success of New York on Wheels has allowed uh, Drollinger to keep the, the club operating, but he is also glad to provide something that kind of brings some normalcy back to people's lives. They get to see a drag queen like they used to in the old days, like any um, good drag queen or king shows. If your zipper breaks right before your entrance or your DJ loses your music, you have a choice. You can either give up, go home, or call it a night, or you can put on some duct tape, uh, find a song you don't know that well, and go out there and sell your number. So Darcy, love you, and uh, so happy for you guys that you found this and uh, given something back to the community. Yes, and I want to show y'all because I love this so much. They're finding ways to be creative and engage with the community. Um, and all you have to do is spend $50 and you can get a drag show with your delivery. So y'all y'all go on Twitter, uh, Oasis on Twitter and show them some love, share that video. I did it today. Like, it's so smart and so fun. And we know queens and entertainers and bartenders are all struggling in the uh, the lockdown particularly. And what a smart way for her to take care of her own staff and be strong and supportive and fun in the community as well. And also, day drag is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Ask Jack about day drag. She'll say it's a, it involves lipstick and some sunglasses and a wig. Did you ever do Meals on Wheels? Uh, I did not. My grandfather, my whole growing up, he did Meals on Wheels year round on Wednesdays. He did went and did it, uh, took the middle of his day and was one of the delivery. Oh. And so every time we went and stayed with him in the summer, we would go and like help prep the food pick it up and we were so super excited to be able to take it to the door. You know, he'd let us take the, the food up to the door. And of course, I look back thinking, of course, the people we were delivering to love these, you know, ridiculous children running up uh, with their meals. And I always thought, you know, it's like Project Angel Food here in LA that does it for people living with HIV, that it's such a special thing um, to think about providing that service and what that does uh, for people who can't leave their homes. And I look back thinking, I was so lucky to understand that kind of giving as a kid. And I just thought, hey, we're having fun and you know, getting to meet new old people. That's why, well, we did it in a different way, Emerson. When I was a kid, my mama Merck had this neighbor, old man Pajo. And old man Pajo would sit on his porch and he was kind of blind. And my brother Dexton and I, every single uh, noon, the noon meal, she would wrap up what was left, put it in, some foil over it, and we would go take it to him. So we kind of had our own. And um, I love the word uh, in, in the play Luann Hampton, they had the howdy wagon. Where the yeah. <laughs> great howdy yep. wagon. Love that. Lori did say, I am not alone in my teeth indentation situation. Okay, so Lori. I didn't just invent something. Um, all right, in rolling along, uh, wait, hold on, I just realized I didn't bring her photo over and I wanted to, to, uh, to talk about this story. Uh, we told you earlier this summer, because um, it was a big part of the Brooklyn Liberation March, 
the horrible circumstances of the death of Laylene Extravaganza Kubelet Polanco, who had seizures after she was in solitary confinement at Rikers for nine days. After protests from her family, the anti-violence project and the march community outcry, the family filed suit. And after the DA decided not to press charges in June, New York City will settle the lawsuit uh, with her family for $5.9 million. Now, obviously that does not bring her back for her family. There've been no firings and her sister said, this is just the beginning of justice for my sister. This is not even close to being justice for her. Justice would be holding those people who had something to do with her death accountable for their actions. The anti-violence project is still on this case, calling for the New York State Legislature to end solitary confinement in New York jails for the repeal of the walking wall trans ban and for the correction officers and their captain involved in her death to be fired. So hopefully there will be more steps on that story, um, at least for the memory of Laylee. And then a quick echo uh, here in LA, the two arrests were made this week right here in Hollywood uh, on the assault uh, that we reported on a couple of weeks ago on the three trans women, uh, Jocelyn Flawless, Eden Nadal, and uh, Jaslyn uh, White Rose. Uh, Carlton Calloway has, has been charged with a felony count, uh, grand theft from the person, one person to another, second degree robbery, criminal threats, attempted second degree robbery, assault by means of force likely to produce great bodily injury, the battery with serious bodily injury, and battery with serious bodily injury. Uh, Davion uh, Anthony Williams faces one felony count each of grand theft and assault with a deadly weapon, and the deadly weapon is a rideshare scooter. White Rose said the scooter was thrown at her. The, the charges both have hate crime enhancements. So these, these men are in trouble. And they and their social media have been holding it accountable because one of them was arrested, let go, and rearrested. And that video of that guy throwing the scooter at her was in the original video. So good for these women for holding the fire of the D8 to the uh, the feet of the, to the fire to keep that going. And another quick update, and I hope you all like this. I just like when we tell a story, keeping you fed with the the pieces of it as it goes on, talking about Alex Morse and those college Democrats, right? Over the weekend, the UMass Amherst College Democrats chapter issued a statement saying its leadership had made mistakes in signing on to the state group's letter detailing the allegations and disinviting Morse. Well, uh, they understood the letter to be private and never in intended for public distribution. They said, although we never intended for the language of the letter to be scrutinized by anyone but Alex Morse, we realize now that the wording was careless and unwittingly played into homophobic stereotypes. We are deeply sorry that Alex Morse has faced homophobic attacks as a result of our actions and that our decision has negatively impacted the LGBT community. Now, after that, Morse did lose his primary challenge on Tuesday to incumbent Richard Neal, 60% to 40%. Yeah. And imagine we will continue to hear from Alex Morse. And I believe he's still mayor of Hollyoke. Um, so we will follow his career, I'm sure. Yes, and there is in the news. He helped raise nearly $2 million for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's campaign during an LGBTQ virtual fundraiser uh, fundraiser out politicians, U.S. Rep. Uh, David Sisaline, uh, U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin, and Pete Buttigieg, all there. While Pete spoke introducing her, he said, I am the only thing between hundreds of prominent LGBTQ activists and Cher. He referred to her hit song, Believe, saying, so ask yourself, do you believe in life after Trump? 
Cher told of meeting Biden 14 years ago saying, he thinks he invited me, but really I invited myself. I saw a speech Joe had given and it was love at first speech. So I went to his office to grill him and ask him really pointed questions. And unlike most politicians, Joe actually listened to me and cared about what I had to say. Joe is smart enough, he's kind enough, he's strong enough. I also know that the person, woman, man, camera TV in the White House is an idiot. I mean it, no, the guy is really an idiot. She also touched on his many anti-trans policies, then said, after all this, Trump has the audacity to say he supports Americans he calls, quote, the gays. I'm surprised he doesn't call them his gay generals. Biden confirmed earlier in the live stream he is prioritizing signing the Equality Act in his first 100 days in office. So there you go. Yay, Cher. Love that, but also I'm still sad that we're not getting post-mistress Cher. Cher working at the post office. Well, I'm still I, hoping. You know. Hoping. Malibu, I will drive with my mask and my gloves out to the Malibu post office to have Cher take my package. I would volunteer with her. Do they, If they have volunteers, I will be there sorting mail with Cher. Yes. Um, all right, this next one, it was just funny. It happened earlier this month. I want to show y'all a house listing in New York. It's up in the Upper West Side, I believe. Look at it. It's a lovely little three-room nice. uh, space that's available on the Upper West Side. But the realtor really went the extra mile in describing this property to get some attention since people, you know, are having trouble paying rents. Vacancies are mounting in cities. In our, my neighborhood, there's a new U-Haul every day. So the listing was titled Hide and Seek adult style it says a sexy king size one bedroom where you'll find four very large closets in which you can hide from your very naughty playmate and should you be lucky enough to be found the two of you can retreat to the king size bedroom where you both can romp and play all night tired of playing with only the two of you well then Invite many more dirty guests to partake in communal games held in your stadium-sized living room. However, be mindful not to let your guests stay past dawn, though, else they'll be sure to be beamed at by glaring sunlight. Not good for the walk of shame. <laughs> now, I thought I was going to vampire place for a minute, but when I tell you, I mean, it would work. That's hysterical. And... I want to know if they rented it. I do too. It, it said it went viral though, right? And honestly, we know they've changed it back and it still hasn't been uh, rented because they, they dialed it back and now it just says, stadium-sized living room, four spacious closets, a kitchen you can actually cook and eat in, southern and eastern windows, all about cheap. I mean, they should have left it. Somebody would say, like, whether you use it for fun, you know, pandemic approved glory hole sex games or not that's just funny enough that i'd want to tour it at least so all right well in only fan news uh bella thorne started an only fans account and then broke only fans she announced it on instagram raked in 1 million within 24 hours her subscription level is $20 per month, which is very high on OnlyFans, I've heard. Uh, for that, she promises uh, personal content, 
never before seen photos and videos, no adult material. Since the first 24 hours, she reportedly made another million. She told the LA Times that she was doing it as research for a new movie. She said, what are the ins and outs? What does a platform like this do to its users? What's the connective material between your life and your life inside the world of OnlyFans? How can it change your life for the worse or the better? How far are you willing to go? And how far do you want to go? You can be me or this talented girl from Montana and OnlyFans could change your life. It's if you wanted to, of course. Oh, she's so bright. Uh, then she started teasing followers. And this is what, when a lot of people got very upset, she said she was selling a nude photo in her DM for $200. In a screenshot being passed around social media, she allegedly goes back and forth with a follower about the contents of the follow. No clothes, naked, she responded. Uh, when asked how naked the 200 option was. The resulting photo was a disappointment to many, though it appeared to show her nude. It's the same sort of implied and suggested nudity that's common on other platforms. Uh, according to reports on social media, those who paid for the photo began issuing chargebacks in mass to recoup their money. Uh, in the hours that followed, OnlyFans put out new guidelines limiting the amount creators can charge fans for moving forward. The new changes have changed the payout to a 30-day process, the max upcharge to $50 per post, and have maxed out tipping at $100. So sex workers went ballistic on Twitter. They were so pissed off. Other uh, users of the app widely criticized Thorn because many rely on those same tools for making a living, vital income. Uh, so she's not the most popular person with uh, the OnlyFans, uh, the people who are making a living. In and right now, it's a, even more people than it was before, and a big change to how the money paid out. You know, people are planning their uh, livelihood um, off of this form of work. That's a big, dramatic change. That she made a million dollars in 24 hours is like, that's thrilling for her. And it also like makes my brain bleed. I can't even imagine like just saying I'm going to be putting out content because at the beginning she was like, I'll do baking and final draft lessons. And people said, here's a million dollars. Think about how many people have only fans and have to work so hard to make them interesting. I mean, once you've seen your, all your bits and pieces, you got to be creative to keep people engaged, to resubscribe every month. And she just said, I'm doing it. It's like that is so well much. she inspired other people i know somebody that was once very close to me on only fans now so it's uh, you know there's a lot of people doing it yeah i know a lot more people now and it's a you know a way to at home be in control of your own uh incomes income right now um what leanne say you know we talk about some serious and hard issues on here but somehow you guys always make me feel good about the week I'm glad that is what we try to do, to go through the news that we find important or silly or interesting. Mitchell, shouldn't it be LGBTQ plus news? That is what we do here, Mitchell. Um, and then, you know, obviously we can't get to it all and we try to find stuff that's relevant to our community's politics. Emerson, I think what he was saying was that the Bella Thorne uh, was not, but it does affect many LGBTQ. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. So that's why, she, it is LGBTQ in that regards. No, she's not LGBTQ, but it, she affected many, many sex workers.
Uh, yeah, and we are certainly disproportionately represented, I think, both in the OnlyFans community and the sex worker community. Art asked a promo thing. Have you mentioned your recent promotion of your guilty t-shirts with Aunt LeBond? Uh, I've ordered mine. launched it. So you can go to my, my Facebook page and... Uh, Yes, we're selling Guilty with the wonderful Ann Walker's image on it. And, uh, you know, we struck a deal with Miss Walker and she's getting the cut. We're getting the cut. We're getting creative here. And, you know, we talked really quick, Emerson. We talked about the Oasis. And the last time I did the shit stir was over a year ago. But I'm stirring shit every day. So uh, Emerson and I discussed it today and we have a date. But we will be making an announcement very soon. That I will be doing an online performance uh, right here on, on StreamYard of the Shitster. So a command there. performance of Del Shores in your living oh, room. We'll have a lot more new material because there's a lot more shit to be stirred since I did it a year ago. There is never a lack of that for you. And then one quick final just lovely celebration yeah. that made my heart happy. Uh, this week, I think as a surprise to me and many others, Niecy Nash delighted and shocked when she announced she'd married her wife Jessica Betts by sharing their celebratory wedding photo on Twitter. On Instagram, she wrote that she is Mrs. Carol Denise Betts with the hashtag LoveWins. It was used widely on the day, of course, marriage equality happened. Sharing their wedding photo, Betts wrote, I got a whole wife. In an Insta story, Nash posted a more casual photo of her with Betts, who is a singer, with a hashtag plot twist and a rainbow flag on the picture. This just made me happy. I think she is so brilliant. I've watched her on so many shows in the last few years, and the range of this woman who started as a pure comedian is just exquisite. I love her work, her persona, everything about it, and this just made my heart sing for this woman I don't actually know. Yeah, me too. I loved. I was. I think a lot of us were a little surprised, and and uh, but it was a good surprise, a, a sweet surprise. Yes, and good for her sharing when you have news to share. Um, just a lovely, and they both look fantastic. You can yeah. just sort of see the joy radiating. And y'all, with the world as it is, you know, I've talked a lot about my mental health journey on this uh, to share with you all. There was a report recently that LGBTQ people are experiencing depression to even greater extents than the rest of the population, which is already very high. So we do this to share with you, to take care of each other. Please. Be watching out for yourself. Check in on those people you love, uh, even the ones who seem like they're doing great, because some of us that struggle are the best at putting on the face that makes it seem like we're not, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, DM me on it. If you want to talk and you want to say, you know, I'm not a therapist. I tell people that all the time because they, they do DM me and I go, wait, wait, wait. I'm not a therapist. You, you may need professional help. Yeah. I will give you some thoughts, though. They're like, uh, we are you, never short of thoughts. I, I will give you thoughts, but, but I just started yesterday the tapering transition to this other medication. So who knows what you're going to get from me next? You seem very happy, though. I mean, you seem joyous. I mean, it's a little performed. I definitely had a little vacation uh, come down uh, the last few days, yeah. but this brings me joy. Doing this with you all brings me joy. Um, I hope it does to you all, too. And if it, you want to pay it back a little bit, one more time, you can send us a tip on Venmo at Emerson Collins or PayPal, beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. Thank you to Art Gregory, Victor Roberts, and Bob Bielenberg that have given since the halfway uh, point of the show. We do appreciate it. Uh, and Michael Shane, um, it is meaningful because it is a good bit of work to make sure we know what we're talking about with these stories to share with you.
And as I always say, it's more work for Emerson than me. And thank you, Emerson, for always doing such amazing uh, research on all these stories. I appreciate it. You boys are like a Prozac raindrop and a thundercloud of depression. I mean, if that isn't a good note to go out on.